Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. That's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little-known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is, and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. Do you hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Well, healthy sows can stay in the herd longer, have larger litters, and pass along protection to their offspring through the colostrum. Maintaining a healthy environment, good nutrition, and a complete vaccination program are keys to a healthy sow. One thing that's not often considered is the microbial environment that the sow is transferring to her pigs. Everybody knows that, right? Ellen Davis received her B.S. in animal science from North Carolina State University. Go Wolfpack! Her M.S. in animal nutrition from Oklahoma State University and the Ph.D. from the University of Arkansas, where her research focused on nutritional immunology in the young pig. Welcome, Dr. Davis. Thank you. Now, what are some ways that sow health influences subsequent performance of the offspring. I mean, one of the first things that we think about is is a vac- vaccination strategy in the sows. Um, that vaccination strategy then can help manage the health um, of the litter of pigs by passive transfer of um, immune function or immunoglobulins in um, in the in the milk of the of the sow as it's transferred to the pig. Um, and it, this is critical, really, to ensure that the piglet has protection from from disease challenges that are in the environment. And um, more so, the piglet's born very naive immunologically. It really has no protection from that external environment. So that passive immune transfer uh, from the sow, uh, from the vaccinations that, that the sow receives, she then passes that on to the piglet. Um, that pig sy- pig's immune system then um, has, has the immune transfer from the sow until about... Mm, a week or two after weaning. And once the pig is weaned in, a week, in about four to five weeks of age, the pig's own immune system then starts to develop. So that vaccination strategy in the sow can help make that transition um, a little easier on the young pig as it, as it um, progresses through life. It sounds like the same with, with uh, humans, no? Yeah, very much so. I, I, I just I can't get over how, how the... The similarities, the parallel universes, you know, the things that we were talking about yesterday and 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 today with you. It's, it's human, pigs, human. There's really not much difference, it seems. There's a lot of similarities. And, and even um, within the same for humans, the microbial population of the of the um, the mother is very, very important for the microbial development in that that young, young animal, young host, be it a pig or or human. So if my sow isn't sick, doesn't that mean she's transferring a healthy microbial community to her, her pigs, her kids? Um, not necessarily. Um, 
because the sow, you know, she has a developed immune response. Uh, she's harbor, harboring potentially pathogenic bacteria, um, but her mature developed immune system, it doesn't really manifest as disease. Um, but our labs evaluated a lot of microbial um, samples from fecal samples from sows um, that are in commercial production uh, out in the field and found that there's a large population of E. coli and clostridium. And many of these, these bacteria um, have, have pathogenicity genes. So although they don't cause disease in the sow, they're actually considered a commensal organism, meaning that they're not harmful in that adult animal. They do have the potential to cause disease in the young animal, the young naive pig. Um, and furthermore, some of the intensive rearing systems that we have, um, which mean in, in, in barns that are environmentally controlled, means that most of the microbial environment that that piglet is deriving, she, they're deriving it from the fecal matter from the sow, both as uh -huh. the piglet explores the environment, as well as what's on the udder of the sow when the piglets um, are drinking the milk. So um, that that fecal matter then harboring those large populations of E. coli and clostridium um, is not really considered a healthy microbial uh, colonization ecology for the young pig's gastrointestinal tract. Yeah, oh, and, and on, on another subject, the, the wild pigs that are running around all over the country now, how much of a threat are they to pig stocks that we use for our, our dining room tables? Yeah, because we're, we we rear in fairly controlled um, um, barns, uh, the the commercial production pigs aren't really exposed to uh, the the wild pigs outside. But you know those those wild populations of of pigs do harbor diseases that can be transferred uh, to our commercial production animals, and that tends to come from um, the environment. That that those those wild hogs are in with birds, wow. rats, little vermin that can sometimes um, get into the barns, particularly like like mice and that kind of thing, insects. Oh, so they right, can actually right. bring some of the viral diseases. Well, and, the pubonic plague by, with the uh, rats, <laughs> same. Yeah. Well, so why is early microbial environment and gastrointestinal colonization? So important for the young pig. So the early microbial environment is really what shapes the early colonization and establishment of the gastrointestinal microbial colonizers in that young pig. And, and that's important because it really will influence how the pig's immune system develops, how the pig's immune system functions when exposed to, to challenges that are in the, in the pig's environment. Um, it also can have influences on metabolic processes uh, for efficient conversion of nutrients to lean muscle deposition, which is you know why we're we're raising these pigs to begin with. So so, so it really has an effect. Um, that early colonization in the young pig's life has an effect in across its whole uh, production cycle um, and through its life. And there's still a lot we don't really understand about how it could influence all of these things, particularly some of the metabolic processes. Um, but in short, early microbial colonization programs, how that, that young pig will respond to pathogenic, social, and environmental stressors uh, in its environment and how it will partition nutrients for body, body maintenance and tissue deposition. Yeah, the, in, in doing, doing this the, the program, it's, uh, it's clear that uh, stress plays such an important role. 
and the health of the livestock. That, that opens up the immune system. Absolutely. It definitely has an influence on the immune system. Um, so it's got to be the same for people. Absolutely. I mean, but really, if you think about stress, stress is just a, a shift away from homeostasis. And really, the whole host system, whether you're a pig or you're a human or whatever, um, is really just trying to maintain homeostasis. The body goes through a lot of um, of effort, really, to, to maintain homeostasis as far as regulation of body temperature, um, uh, several different things. And when, when you move away from homeostasis, which is what really any stressor is, even the stress of growth, growth is actually a stress. It's a, it's a, it's well, a, it's a movement away from, yeah. from homeostasis. So, um, so in that aspect, you know, the stressors, again, growth is essentially a stress to that, to that young animal as well. That's amazing. Yeah, for humans, I, I guess that that's why God invented donuts. That's my that's my belief. <laughs> Those donuts and the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A stress. Definitely a stress response. <laughs> a response yeah. to stress. So, what what can be done to manage the microbiology that the sow is transferring to her piglets? Yeah, and, and throughout pig production, we've used a, we've used a lot of tools, and probably the one that's been most used and probably the most preferred tool for managing the microbial population in the sow um, is, is the use of antibiotics, uh, either therapeutically uh, during disease or um, uh, prophylactically just added to um, uh, ease some of those, those stressors um, in the, in the pigs, in the pig's life. Um, and many of the antibiotics that are available to use, um, they're going to reduce the overall microbial load really indiscriminately. And what that means is really it's, it's going to eliminate or greatly reduce those potentially harmful bacteria that are in the gastrointestinal tract. Um, but it's going to eliminate the beneficial populations as well, those populations that are important for what we just spoke about, all of those things that are influenced by that early colonization. Um, and and those beneficial organisms, they're really critical for those benefits in early colonization and a healthy microbial ecology in the gut. Um Antibiotics that are targeted even against respiratory disease also will influence the microbial ecology in the gastrointestinal tract. I mean, the the antibiotics, particularly if they're administered um, for respiratory disease, are systemic, so they have an influence in the gastrointestinal tract as well. So antibiotics play a big role in really shifting and altering that microbial population. Is Um, it antibiotic in the food or syringe? It can be either. It can be either. Um, mm-hmm. It can be in the food for a kind of a lower dose over a longer period of time that promotes growth and manages certain disease challenges that a producer may know that they have. So they're, they're going ahead and, and kind of getting ahead of the infection before the pigs can succumb to the disease. Or it can be an injection as well as if the sow had, had trouble during the farrowing process and, and needed a little bit of, a, of an antibiotic to kind of help her with that healing um, through that healing process. All of those things are having an influence. And a better approach to managing that that microbial population in the sow um, is really probably better served as a more targeted microbial solution, Um, one that targets the E. coli or clostridia or those potentially pathogenic bacteria um, and greatly reduces those populations in the overall ecology but doesn't really uh, negatively impact the beneficials, or in some cases can actually enhance the beneficial bacteria. Um, there's a few publications in the scientific literature 
that demonstrate that a targeted solution against those uh, potentially pathogenic bacterial populations will actually enhance the growth of lactic acid bacteria, which include the lactobacillus, which are um, considered a very beneficial uh, bacteria to have in the gastrointestinal tract. And they'll really emerge in place of those pathogenic organisms. And in this way, the odds are shifted then in favor of early colonization in the pig to be made up of those beneficial organisms from the sow rather than those populations that are um, at best inappropriate for optimal development and at worst, a potential pathogen that can infect the pig and cause disease. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Now, so how do I know if my sow herd has a healthy intestinal microbiology, I guess? Yeah, and that's, that's a good question um, because, you know, it's, they're microscopic. We certainly can't see them, um, but we can measure them. We can measure the actual counts of bacteria in the lab. Um, generally, E. coli levels optimally will be around a 10 to the 5th uh, colony forming units per gram, and that's just a way we measure bacteria um, in the lab. And the same for Clostridia. You want to stick to that, like, 10 to the 5th colony-forming units um, per gram or below that. Does that have to do with the white blood cells? Uh, no, this actually, I mean, it, it, no, you've probably heard, you may have heard white blood cells counted in CFUs as well. Um, but um, it really is just like you, you streak the, the bacteria on a plate, an auger plate for growth, grow it overnight, and the numbers of colonies that it forms on that plate is proportional to the level or the concentration of bacteria that are oh, present you, in whatever sample. You, you really paid attention in doctor school, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I've had enough of it. <laughs> I've had enough school. <laughs> it's like second nature to me now. Um, but it's really, it's important to determine how these populations compare proportionally to the beneficial population as well. So just a count of E. coli is, 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 is important um, for whether or not that's higher, too high or too low um, in your, in your, your pig's gastrointestinal tract, but those beneficial populations um, within the total bacterial population are important as well. Um, these assays, you know, they can be done. They're fairly laborious, so it's not an instantaneous um, mm -hmm. uh, answer back. And, and they do have a cost associated with them that really, you know, probably isn't that practical for a farmer to to do and his, and his herd to kind of measure that. So one thing that, that's a little bit easier to monitor are really things that the, that the producer's already doing to monitor his sow's health on the farm, um, things he's already recording in his record books. And, and these can include um, things like uh, wean to estrus intervals or body condition scores of the sow, so is how, how much weight does she lose during lactation, uh, conception rates, how quickly and, and what proportion of the herd bred back uh, after the pigs were weaned. Um, piglet birth weights um, is another way that you can kind of get an idea of the health of that sow as well as the weaning weights of those pigs when, when they're weaned from the sow. So all of these things can be an indicate all of these mm -hmm. measurements both on the sow herself as well as her piglets can give you an indication of her health and whether her microbial community is, is, probably, is probably optimized. We now know that having a good microbial environment that the sow can transfer to her pigs is a big part of having healthy litters. Maintaining a healthy environment, having good nutrition, a complete vaccination program, and a microbial environment that the sow can transfer to her pigs are keys to raising healthy, thrifty pigs. Must be Scottish pigs if they're thrifty. 
Well, I'd like to thank Dr. Davis from Arm & Hammer for joining us today, and I encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture.